Here we are. That's fun. I'm yeah, you know, you're wearing a hoodie in the middle of summer. Midsummer. You're wearing a hoodie midsummer. Summer started like two weeks ago. Yeah, alright. <laughs> so, um. This one is gonna be. We have a lot to talk about, guys. I don't know if you realize this. But neither of you have been on the show in a while, and we've watched a lot of shit Plus since the horror then. movies. We've watched a lot of shit. Describe we a lot of horror shit. movies too. Oh, we're gonna start with the oldest that I've cataloged, which is uh, Creep Show. Yeah, us boys, fun. us boys went through all the Creep shows. I fucking love Creep Show, man. Leslie Nielsen in the in part one. Huh. Digging people down into the beach, making them drown, comes back to get them. There's also that uh, that dad who really wants his cake. Side note, just to uh, date the episode, oh, the fact we'll say what movie we pants. saw today. Uh, the Mulan teaser oh. trailer's out. I hope not. It is. Is she played by Terry Crews? I hope so. It's uh, relevant. So you know, People aren't happy about it, I heard. Um... We, we watched all the creep shows, which I believe there are... Okay, we didn't watch all of them. We watched the two good ones, and apparently they made a third one, and it's not great. So we skipped that one. It was like... Drinking the water like it's poison. In the 2000s. Because well, you ever see him drink water? He never drinks water. I hope I picked that up. Ah, uh, sorry. Here. <laughs> Definitely picked that up. <coughs> <laughs> He's drowning. Oh <laughs> it's watery fucking burp. So, oh, wait, uh, sorry. I personally like the second creep show more than the first one because it has my favorite. Uh, it has my favorite little segment, which is the raft, which is the kids that swim out to the little raft in the middle of the pond, and then there's that like bog monster thing that that kind of floats around and just snatches them up, kind of like the blob. And you guys know how much I like the blob. Do you? I love the Blob. Yeah, okay. Blob is one of my uh, favorite uh, remakes of the 80s. It is one of my uh, one of the best remakes of all time, in my opinion. Both uh, both of the Creep shows, fun facts, um, were written by Stephen King, which is why he uh, he guest appearances in the first one as the guy who gets covered in green grass for touching a oh yeah for yeah. the comet. That's Stephen King right there. Uh, I forget his name in the clip because we watched it probably eight months ago. I think it was Teddy or some shit like that. Oh, Teddy, you fool. I just remember him saying his name like that. Um, after we watched Creepshow, we then watched uh, Tales from the Dark Side, which is um, kind of the follow-up. That one features the uh, the cat from hell 
as well as one reason why we watched that one too was just to watch the cat one. The cat one's hilarious. The part with the cat like climbs out of the guy's mouth. Well, strangles the one person with its paws. (laughs) puts his puts his paw right on the mouth, and then this person suffocates. Uh, I think that's the the sister of Mm. the of the guy. Um, and what's what's funnier about that segment is they hired the guy who sings "Hot Hot Hot." To play the uh, the hitman <laughs> in that sequence, mm-hmm. he also shows up in the movie Scrooge, starring Bill Murray. Yeah, I like Tales from the Dark Side not as much as I like Creep Show, but there are still some really good segments. Um, the uh, the dad from Dexter, and uh, he was also in the Warriors. He uh, he plays an artist in a in a really popular segment about a gargoyle. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really good twist at the end is. Uh, you know, he was supposed to keep this secret his entire life, and he ends up telling the woman he loved about his deep, dark secret about how his friend died, and she turns out to be the gargoyle, and her their children turn into little gargoyle babies, and then uh, she's the, like, "I loved you." And she like, rips his heart out. Too, I think, but I understand and kills him. Yeah. What's the What's the third segment? I mean, I know the overarching story, um, Blondie. I always forget the act, the the singer's name, but the the lead singer uh, from Blondie plays the witch mm-hmm. in the overarching narrative, um, and she's she's a looker. She's a go- do you remember any of this or am I just <laughs> so? <laughs> um, and then uh, I think it was like uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas or something played the little kid in the scene yeah. in the in the in the locked in the cupboard to be fed on by a witch hi um what else yeah i don't know i don't remember the other segment it's it's, it's, oh it was the mummy it was the mummy with steve buscemi (laughs) yeah but who was the steve buscemi finds a mummy with christian slater (laughs) they both want to fuck it uh it's a good time (laughs) like everything going on right now with this dog oh she's a lover she'll get right hello Give her some butt pads. I know you guys are really excited to talk about this next one, now that we're moving on. Uh, I kind of just want to flash around, get through all the movies, so we can talk about the movie we saw today. Um, Because I'm really excited to talk about it. Okay. Um, The next movie we watched, no, is The Nun. (laughs) (laughs) With Sir Booberry. Yo, by the way, speaking of Nun, we will have to sit down and watch La Llorona. Together too, La La Rona. Next time, Sir Blueberry's in town. Yeah, because like that's essentially the sequel to the Nun, by not being the sequel to the Nun. It's the Spanish yeah. sequel to the Nun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La La Rona. We'll watch the Annabelle sooner or later too. I saw the first Annabelle. Actually, I've seen both of the Annabelles, and then they came out with the third one, that is like a Conjuring Annabelle spinoff. It's like the the two of them yeah, come Annabelle together. Yeah, Annabelle comes home or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not excited about that. <laughs> she is putty in your hands. Hello. Oh, you like the feet yeah. Now I cradle you. Let's get the nun done in like five words or less. That movie sucked. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> I left two open words. American Horror Story garbage. <laughs> like, uh, it's still four words. Yeah, I mean, it, it... The The biggest problem with, like, the Conjuring spinoffs is that oh. they don't hold any weight to them, because they all, like, they all so far have been prequels, 
leading up to the next one. So it's mm-hmm. like you know nothing what well, like nothing relevant is gonna happen because it all just ends at the conjuring films. Mm-hmm. Um I specifically didn't find the nun scary just because it's just so goddamn unbelievable. Like everything is CGI and ugly and like the one farm boy was the only likable character in the movie and doesn't he die or no, he makes it to the end. Oh, he saves the girl, and then they get, yeah, then, then they fall in love, right? That's fall in love, and then shows like a college, aka leading into the. College oh yeah, ring. he finally reveals what his name like. He goes by a nickname the entire movie, yeah. and then he reveals his real name, and you're like, oh, that's the that's the grandfather of the the main character or whatever. It's is fucking stupid. Any any <laughs> words? Okay. <clears throat> You're the one that wanted to watch The Nun, too. I don't even remember it that much. Now, this one, this one, I have to get some reaction out of you, because I've, uh, wait, I've been waiting forever to fucking talk to you about this movie. Okay. Hellfest. Oh, I don't really remember. Oh, yeah. You guys saw Hellfest. <laughs> so we, we got bored. The problem bored. with hanging on to these movies for so long is I it's barely remember. We don't remember much of them. There, there are a few things I remember about Hellfest. And that's how forgettable it was. Like, none of the characters were good. All of them were annoying. None of them asked any questions. Um, There's the little dyke girl from Scream, who was just really annoying the entire movie. Um, And then uh, the girl from Channel Zero pops in to play the main girl, and she's just so fucking drab. Um, They kill all but two of the main characters in, like, the first 30 minutes. And, to, to the point... The killer really only kills people with, like, a knife. We kept laughing throughout the entire movie because he just keeps walking up to people and stabbing them in the chest. And, like, they'll be fine from one stab, and they'll, like, come back for a deus ex machina, like, later in the scene, and he'll just stab them again, and then they'll die. So we had kept making these jokes about how, like, you'd get stabbed once, and you'd be like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'll be able to... And then you get stabbed again, and you're fucking dead. And that's pretty much the entire movie. He just walks around stabbing people, and no one asks any questions, and people are, like, walking through the mazes and shit, and there's, like, a stabbed person just sitting there, and they're like, oh, wow, the effects, and they're, like, (laughs) rubbing their hands on, like, this person's blood. (laughs) It's fucking, it was awful. It was a terrible Uh, fucking movie. It wasn't good. And we kept, like, I remember after watching it, we sat outside for, like, an hour, and just talked about how we could have made the entire movie better <laughs> with the same exact budget. Because the idea was, oh, Hellfest, it's an amusement park, so they're going to kill people in fun ways. Yeah. You know, it's kind of my biggest problem with Belco Experiment. It's like, you're in an office, so kill people with office supplies. No, like, most of the kills I in Belco Experiment come from guns and knives. Oh, that's lame. Fucking boring, right? So... Hellfest, it's like, they show the one guy with the big hammer doing, like, the strength test and, like, the bell, and Mm -hmm. then there are, like, rides, and there are, like, um, the one slow dark ride, um, 
the scene is like in the trailer the chick's like forced to ride to the other side of the park by herself and she's like sitting there and it turns out just to be a scare actor like on the ride and you're like oh so no one's actually gonna die on the rides and what makes it even funnier is the killer just walks up in the middle of the park and just fucking shanks like one of the main characters twice like the big jock who you think is gonna be like the savior of the movie is just like I'll handle this gets stabbed in the chest twice dies <laughs> so he just crumbles and it's just left up to the two girls who just keep talking about how they're going to go to Italy together. <laughs> so the entire end of the movie is these two unlikable fucking bitches running through a haunted house going, no, we need to survive. Like, one of them gets stabbed and it's like, I'll take care of you. Remember Italy. Remember Italy. We need to go to Italy. Remember? <laughs> we promised Italy. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. I wish I remembered more. What's what's funny, what sticks out to me is they walk through a hall of weapons at one point, <laughs> and no one grabs anything. Not even the killer. The killer holds on to the same knife. It's like he can upgrade to an axe, or like a mace, <laughs> or like a sword. That one dude, though. It's a big strength test thing. Not in front of, not in front of the test, he just does it in the locker room. Yeah. There's one good kill in the entire movie, but it doesn't even count because the guy's, like, neck breaks. It's not even the hammer. It's, like, his his head is on a... What is it? A bench. And the rest of his body's on the floor. So when you hit him in the head, his neck snaps. It's, a, it's like, the okayest kill in the entire movie. But the rest of it is just laughably bad. You know, I I've been recently, like holding Final Destination to, like, a, a better par, because I, I caught the, like, second one on TV the other day or something, um, and I was just, like, even edited, this is, like, a better movie than most horror movies nowadays. Like, the kills are creative, you know, it's not too predictable. I mean, you know when people are gonna die, but you don't know how, which is what makes it interesting. Um, and, you know, with something like Hellfest, it's just, like, there's so many ways people get killed in an amusement park, and you don't even bank off of that. It's fucking stupid. We stayed up all night the minute um, Bandersnatch was released, running through all those. And what's funny about that is Will Poulter starred in Bandersnatch, and then he also showed up in Midsummer. He he has some crazy eyebrows, you know? Mm-hmm. He's eyebrow guy. <laughs> He's eyebrow guy. Um, you know he was originally sl- slated to play Pennywise? No, but I can see it. For it? Yeah, I can see it, too. Part of me thinks that he might have been um, a little bit more sinister, because his face just looks a little bit scarier. He doesn't have the wandering eye. He doesn't have the wandering eye, but he's got some crazy fucking eyebrows that always make him look angry. So even when he's smiling, he would just look fucking sinister. (laughs) Whereas Bill, who who plays Pennywise now, like, even outside of makeup, he just has a kind of... uh, Steve Buscemi look about him like a like a Snape kind of face, you know? It's like, he doesn't look scary, he just looks like he has an upset stomach all the time. Yeah. Whereas Will Poulter just kind of always looks angry. I don't know how much you guys remember about Bandersnatch, but I just remember, uh, like, you guys were either falling asleep or left, and I was trying to run through all the options just to get my character killed. I think I slept. I think you, you fell asleep? 
Oh, fell asleep for a little bit and then woke back up. Yeah, there's so many options where you can, like, do drugs and die somehow, like, get hit by a car, fall off a balcony. It's a really existential experience because you're kind of questioning reality the entire time. I like when it folds back in on itself at the end and it's like, what's Netflix? And it's like, oh, like a breaking of the fourth wall type of thing. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I would consider Black Mirror a kind of, like, not necessarily horror, but, like, just thriller, dystopic shit. You know, I wouldn't say every episode is horror-related, but there are some horror episodes of Black Mirror. Black Mirror? Um, yeah. What were you going to say after that? <laughs> Were you going to say yummy, yummy? (laughs) (laughs) What's next? Oh, this one's fun because they just, um, they just announced that they're going to do another one. Uh. Escape Room. Oh, no. You guys remember Escape Room? Mm. Went and saw that at like 10 o'clock on a Sunday and, uh, it was just, uh, just kind of bullshit. (laughs) I mean, the Escape Rooms were fun, but they were like impossible. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the one guy just refuses to die. Even in the beginning of the movie, you're kind of just like, oh, that guy's going to die. And then he just continues to make his way out of every sequence as the movie goes on. And you're just like, oh, I guess maybe not. And then it like fakes out his death at the end. And then he shows up and saves the main girl. And you're like, this guy is going to die. Um, the effects were good. Yeah, the effects were cool. The, the settings were cool. The acting was just awful. <laughs> the chick from True Blood falls to her death. <clears throat> the black guy gets <clears throat> shot. <laughs> which is, is fun. Yeah. The main girl gets all the way to the end and goes, oh, this is just for rich people's amusement. This is just for the amusement of people. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it is just for the amusement of people. So they greenlit a sequel. Uh, I mean, they kind of had to, though, only for the fact of how it ends. Did they have to? No. Wait, how did it end? They ended with a plane and somebody having to solve an escape room on the plane. (laughs) Or else the plane's going to go down, Yeah, and then the plane crashes, but it doesn't, because guess what? It's a fucking simulation for the main bad guys making the escape rooms. I like that he remembered all and of the that. Main back, because the movie, I fucking remember getting up and walking away as soon as it ended. Because <laughs> it was infuriating. <laughs> and the bad guys are all like, what's the chance of survival? And, you know, bitch girl that works for them is just like, 3%. Make it 1%. <laughs> Maniacal laugh. Oh, we're gonna get you, Maniacal girl, that got away and guy who had a weird 180 turnaround and suddenly he's doing really good for himself. Yeah. But was working at a fucking supermarket. Couldn't get any Couldn't even stack boxes. Like, he really sucked. Up. But he did it, man. He's a lawyer or something in like two months. How'd he do it? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Escape uh, Room 2. Escape Room 2. Shitty version of Saul. PG 13 version of Saul. Escape Room yeah, 2. That's back true. to the supermarket. <laughs> Shit. Escape room two, back to the supermarket with you. I keep drinking this in hopes that like it's not. It's gonna be all right. It's not. And it's still like magma. Some hot coke. Mm. It's like soup. Yeah, <clears throat> I can see the second one being better if they just focus a little bit more. 
I feel like the first movie just lacked focus. Like they didn't, they didn't know how to end it. They just knew they wanted to make a movie about rooms that killed people. So maybe with a little bit more focus and knowing where they want to go with it, maybe it'll turn into something. But it, you know, again, like Belko experiment, it just kind of had the same ending. It's like, oh, people pay to watch this. It it happens. And then, you know, the world moves on. Like, everyone just forgets about it. Yeah. It's like, what? Are people really all that interested in paying to watch other people die? Because I don't... I don't really see the appeal. I, I mean, we watch, we watch horror movies, but that's not real. It's, you know? It's not the same type of thing. Any, anything to say about Escape Room? Snuff films. Snuff films, right. Do we even want to talk about Slice... Slice? Oh. <laughs> Do we even want to talk you know, about it? Honestly, say I kind of forgot about it. Yeah, that movie was amazing. You loved Slice. I think you only loved Slice because the guy's eyes, that bug out of his head. <laughs> that was like that, the first two minutes. In that one scene. Whoa. Who is it? Chance. Chance the Rapper has yeah. one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Uh-huh. He just kind of stands there and he's like, ah, I'm not a werewolf. I want to deliver pizza. Smile. But I'm a werewolf. But I am a werewolf. I honestly forget a lot of the plot. I just remember that the chick from Atlanta is in it and then she dies. Um, What is it? There's an evil gateway underneath the pizza place. (laughs) And the one Native American guy that works there keeps telling people not to go into the basement. And they keep going down there and getting turned into zombies. (laughs) Anything they go down there and they anything. find out Hell's janitor is down there. He's <laughs> like, yeah, there's a gateway to hell. <laughs> David Cross is in it. He just points out it. And also, the best part, too, is this exists in a town where spirits exist as well. So it's just right. like this the zombies weird are void. like citizens. Yeah, that they're citizens as well, and it's just normal. That's it. It was a weird movie. I for- Did we just watch it because we were bored? Part of it was because of that dude's eyes popping out. I feel like there head. was mom- one moment in that movie, and I can't remember it, where you guys were just like, I'm done. <laughs> and I can't remember what it was. It was just one really outrageous part. I remember. It's been so long. It, it, oh, was it the credits? The credits? Like something happened in the credits or something. Oh, man, it was an A24 film. That makes me feel even worse. Because usually I like their stuff. I was talking about this the other day, so I, I wrote it down because I forgot to talk about it. We had also seen Pet Cemetery <clears throat> a couple weeks ago. I like Pet Cemetery. Yeah, it was good. I liked it too. I liked it a lot. A lot of people don't like it. I'm not surprised. A lot of people don't like it because it doesn't match the book too well. It it gives you know, there's too many liberties taken. Um, a lot of people don't like it because of the CGI, and I remember saying something pretty similar, like the CGI was just bad. Like, yeah. the scene where the chick, the the little girl, gets hit by the truck, I was like, oh, It was like, bad green screens. <laughs> to not even make it look like that little girl was put in danger, like, completely took me out of the film. It's like, the truck is, like, f- fucking somersaulting towards yeah. her and you're just like what angle did the truck crash at to make it do that and then like the way they show it is like i remember my chief most complaint was if that truck were to land on that little girl they wouldn't have anything to bury <laughs> because she would be sauce on the pavement sauce. 
Yeah, I liked the rest of the movie. I liked that they included the Wendigo. I liked that the uh, the kid acting was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, the uh, only element... Kelsey Grammer killed it. <laughs> it's not Kelsey Grammer. It's John Lithgow. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> it was like an episode of Frasier. David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> no. There was one thing that I remember not loving, and it was the idea that they gave the daughter, like, a line of dialogue where she was like, I know I'm dead, daddy. Mm. Like, I remember thinking, like, that's kind of dumb, because, mm. like, the pets, the things that come back don't know they're dead. They, they just, they're evil, inherently. So the whole, like ambiguous am i evil or am i your daughter thing it just didn't work for me but i did like most of the acting the main guy who was in a really <clears throat> terrible terminator film and a really good planet of the apes film um i think he should be in more stuff he's he's pretty good i think that's pretty good even the wife was pretty good i don't remember the plot about the sister being sick but they really made that like fucked up in that movie. Like they yeah. they really made that stand out. Like she was just as haunted by her past as uh you know the dad when the when the kid was killed and uh not killing, you know, not making it like a fresh family of 3 and making it like a kind of dated family of 4 having Gage not be the one who gets hit by the truck. I don't know how I feel about that. I think, like, having a littler kid who doesn't understand what he's doing, but it's evil, like, I think that's a little bit scarier. So I think the original one, I think that one is scarier because the little kid just doesn't have, like, any measure on what he's doing. He's just going around doing evil shit. The cat that starred in that movie recently passed away. Aww. So, like, it, it, it filmed the entire movie and then oh. died shortly after it. It's immortalized. In film. Yeah. There aren't many animals that you could say that about. Airbud. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like 15 different <laughs> golden retrievers have played Airbud. Oh. Yeah. Don't so, talk uh, ill about Airbud. <laughs> any, any final remarks about Pet Cemetery? Um, they spelled cemetery wrong. They spelled it wrong on purpose. Yeah, whatever. It's supposed to be, uh, like, children spelling it. That's the point. All right. Stupid Yeah. Kids. Do we want to talk about Hereditary? Because I feel like I've talked about it before. Or maybe, maybe let's, let's do it this way. Let's go, let's, let's start talking about Midsummer. So today we went and saw Midsummer. Whoa, 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 you're skipping up, skipping the scariest movie we saw all year. Dark Phoenix? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Truth or Dare. So I'm pretty sure you talked about I think we talked, we talked about Truth or Dare on an earlier episode. Because <laughs> the, the, the drums. <laughs> Sports! Gambling! <laughs> Online! <laughs> yeah, we def... I think the last episode... No. You did one episode post-Truth or Dare where we just did uh, sick animation voices for, like, the entire story. That yeah, was pretty funny. Um, no, we're... Do you want to talk about Dark Phoenix? <laughs> I don't really want to. It was really bad. It was a really bad movie. Is there anything you wanted to say about it? I can sit here trashing it for, like, five minutes. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we could. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think we have to because it's fucking garbage. It's right. a garbage fucking movie. Right. Um, they're blaming a lot of what went wrong with it on Avengers Endgame, kind of like stealing their thunder for a lot of stuff, because what? apparently the entire ending was supposed to be different. Oh no, not Endgame, uh, Captain Marvel. Oh. So originally, the aliens in Dark Phoenix were supposed to be Skrulls. They decided after Captain Marvel came out that they weren't going to do Skrulls because they didn't want to be the second people to do Skrulls. And Marvel might have twisted their arm to say, don't do Skrulls. That makes sense. You know, with Marvel in talks to take over Fox already happening at the time, they probably twisted Fox's arm to say, hey, don't do the Skrulls because we're doing them in a good way. Don't do them in a bad way. Yeah. So then we get stuck with shitty brown aliens with no plot, with no point. They they're liter- bulletproof they except literally, when they're not. Yeah. <laughs> only sometimes. <laughs> only sometimes they show up, they can die. They show up for no reason in an actually genuinely terrifying scene. I was like, when they're walking through the forest and shit, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa! Um, and, then, uh, and then they decide that they want Phoenix's power to help them take over the universe. Great. Terrible fucking plot. And, Would um, you say that's the most horrifying scene in the film? <laughs> See, now, I have to approach that with two different views. Who knows what I'm talking about? The, the critical eye says, I think that scene was scary, because that's how I imagine aliens just kind of creeping out of the forest and, like, taking over my body. Like, turning me into goo. The, the inner part of me says there's some there's some really bad shit that happens in this movie that um that the entire audience uh, laughed at as it was happening. Are, are we talking? Are we yeah. talking about the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> so when Phoenix gets her powers, uh, she makes uh, Charles Xavier walk up the steps to look her in the eye. <laughs> And James McAvoy, giving his 100% for this <laughs> shitty fucking movie, does a kind of Raggedy Ann dance up, up the steps. And I shit you not, our entire theater was was laughing as we watched it. And, and I may have chuckled myself. Because uh, it's fucked up, <laughs> watching a wheelchair person be forced to walk up steps. It's, it's not great. How does he know? Did you take him to see it? No, no but I explained, explained all the scenes. Because I said I just don't want to see that movie. So apparently, you know, the entire movie is supposed to be like it's supposed to be the scrolls trying to take over the universe, and they're trying to take the powers of the phoenix to you know do do this and that, and they're trying to do it for like some other greater threat. Maybe they were leading up to Annihilus at some point. I don't know. Um, and. That all got changed on them. There's supposed to be this giant ending fight scene supposedly taking place in front of the White House. Like, you can find shots, mm-hmm. like, pictures online of, like, uh, Ty Sheridan, like, covered in blood, like, screaming in front of what looks like the White House gates. They had shot the entire thing. And then the Disney talks came around, and I think Disney made them go and redo the entire ending and funded the entire thing and just said, do it. Unfortunately, the guy who made Dark Phoenix, I think it was his first time directing something, um, it might have been Simon Kimberg, uh, who had helped write the last couple X-Men films. Poor guy has to give his sign of approval as this movie enters theaters. 
um, because he can't outright say, I filmed a completely different movie and then they changed it on me. You know, pretty much mm-hmm. what Josh Trank said during Fantastic Four. It's like, I made a good movie. No one's ever going to see it because the studio changed it on me. Like, I was I was taken out of the editing room. Um, now, Fantastic Four was never going to be saved. I don't think that movie was ever going to be good. No. There is a part of me that thinks Dark Phoenix could have been good, but it was never going to be good the way it was setting up. You know, the fact that they keep pushing new mutants back, like, that makes me think that that's going to be garbage, too. You know, it's like, I have zero faith in the Fox, like, fan base. I mean, the only trouble with X-Men is going to be the case of, we're just going to be looking forward to what Disney does now. Yeah, and... They can't even move forward until something is said about New Mutants, and then even then I think they have something like another year or two before they could even bring them into the MCU. I don't really know. There's some type of fine print that's stopping them from doing anything with Fantastic Four or Mutants until 2021 or 2022. Um, anyway, is there anything you wanted to say about Dark Phoenix? No. Oh, it was a piece of shit. Great. Okay. So, uh, we went and saw Midsummer today, and, um... <laughs> I feel like... And and this is not gonna be a popular opinion at all. Like, I, f- I feel the same way I felt while watching Hereditary, which is just like... Wow, this is shot so well, and yet this movie is just fucking awful. Like this movie is just bad. Like none of the none of the stuff is lining up. They're just throwing in things to catch you off guard and like mislead you, and then the ending like just doesn't make any like a fucking sense, and you're just it's all shock. It's all it's all shock value. This guy sets up like a really simple premise with a lot of trauma and it makes you kind of relate to the characters and like sit there with them. And then, you know, the color palette is probably the best part of the movie is like I've never seen a, a horror movie and I will call it a horror movie shot so beautifully before. Like the the acid trip kind of uh waves of things and how bright it was well, and I think one of the things for the movie said was it's a daytime horror movie. Yeah, which is like can you say that about anything? Yeah, like you never would have thought you'd see a horror movie that's happening Th- that when the sun's lit. up. That lit. Um I mean it follows. Sure. The 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 scariest match. parts of it follows though happen at night. I guess. Like when the tall man comes through the door, like that's in the middle of the night. When the when the mom is busting down her son's door, and the, like that's she breaks into the house with the, the rock. The beach stuff the was during the, the day, though. The beach stuff was during the day. That's true. That's a good example. It follows is a good example. It fo- I also love it follows. So it's hard for me to want to compare something like art house to it follows, which yeah. is just like. A pretty good horror. These movies thriller. definitely have like a the same sort of feeling. Like they do, the and style. I I think I think well they they root themselves in PTSD. Both of them root themselves in PTSD. They try to make you experience trauma, and then 
they fuck you with the resolve. So the entire length of the movie, you're trying to get over something that already happened. And then it flips it on its head and turns it into something relatively supernatural. Not Midsummer. No, Midsummer had some some herbal earth, you know, they talk about the dark one or the the black one. It's like they're very very pagan cultist. I think it was mostly drugs. Yeah. And like drugs and dreams. Herbs. Religion sort of. Yeah. Herbs and shit. I think it was just fucked up people in the forest. Yeah, but I mean it's still like a uh I was gonna say a culty think, pagan shit. I think removing like the supernatural aspect was interesting compared to hereditary. Yeah, there was no floating headless corpse <laughs> into the treehouse. Yeah, I wish there was. Though. <laughs> I wish there was too. I mean, can we just let's all just put it out on the table? D- did you like it? I'll change that up. Which did you like more? That's well. I wanted well, to follow up uh, with that. Thing, I wanted to follow up with that afterward on talking about it. My mm-hmm. thing with Midsummer will be the case of I want another watch. In all honesty, I want to watch it one more time. And that's hard for me and to agree with because, like, you watch it and you get it. No, and that's not that's the point though. Too is like one watch is enough, but at the same time, I feel if I do one more watch. There'll be things I didn't notice before that I'm going to notice now. But I think it's, it's all misdirection. I think his thing is misdirection. Like, he won't spell out the entire sentence. He'll give you a couple letters and then make the sentence something else just for the ending in the movie. I mean, one point to even get at with the film were some of the scenes that happen and a lot of the questions that open up of like, wait, so why did that happen? Yeah. Particularly, it's just Mark. Why did that happen to Mark? Yeah, like, Mark is specifically skinned. And, like, there's one... First of all, who's wearing There's one line early in the movie where they say, Skinning the Fool. Like, they're playing a game called Skinning the Fool. Mm. And it's just like, Mark was an idiot who made a pretty simple mistake, but I'm under the impression that these people were lured there to be killed. Regardless of yeah. what they did. So that whole ending scene kind of explains that. Yeah, and, and it's just like, you know... It, and this is where I, I put it back at you, and I say, if we know the ending is just always going to be the ending, what does picking up on details change I think the biggest details the that experience? ever pick up for that film are going to be the tapestries. And like the wall prints yeah. and paintings and stuff. The point is, while that's going on... You're also still trying to focus on the characters, so there are moments where if you're trying to focus on that, you might miss something in front of you. Sure. But those showed a lot of stuff that would explain things then. So I like remember... you said, skinning the fool. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I didn't think I about that I mean, that's that a before. lot like the characters in the movie, too, though, so that's interesting. Yeah. Because they're focused on each other, and they're not looking at these tapestries. Yeah. Well, because they go to school for it. They don't think that they're inherently in danger. They're yeah, all, true. they're all, uh, what What was their major? Anthropology. Anthropology. So they're, they're looking at how rituals are created, and how religions are created, and how communities focus on these things, and kind of their history and dialectic, like, within that community. And, like all of these characters are closed-minded. They're, like, tunnel-visioned into seeing only what they want to see out of the situation. Where I remember turning to you, Harold, at several points and just going, Harold? I don't give a single fuck about the school 
shit. I don't care about any of yeah. them arguing with each other. Like, they're not paying attention to something they should clearly be paying attention to. And uh, sadly, I think the smartest <laughs> person in the movie is Simon, <laughs> who <laughs> looks, you know, he sees two people kill themselves and then goes, I need to leave. <laughs> and then we never see him again. <laughs> it's like... What the- we do? Yeah. Yeah, but as the uh, as the angel Valkyrie, you know... Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> a lot of this is going to be spoiler <laughs> alert. This episode's coming out like two weeks from now. I feel like if people want to, you know, if people don't want to hear about Midsummer, they could just skip. I liked it. You, I also liked Hereditary. You liked it. I liked it. Uh, I had a good time right up until the end. I didn't really agree with the end. Of what? Th- see, that's... Midsummer. That's but that's what I have. Too. That's how. That's how I feel I about like both of them. Both movies, beautifully shot. Yeah, Hereditary. Oh my God, that mother too. She was excellent. Hereditary. Yeah, she you know really that is. whole tongue clicking thing you guys told me in Hereditary wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. You're like, no. oh, she dies, and you keep hearing the tongue clicking. I'm like, oh, that's terrifying. It's maybe and done once or like, twice, and that's it. Done. It's maybe done once the or twice. The most fucked up part. Of the tongue clicking is like when it happens in his mouth and it's fucking unsettling. Yeah, like he doesn't realize that he's doing it to himself. Well, when he's in school. Yeah. Like right before he slams his head against yeah. the desk. Yeah. You like see the tongue in his mouth, but it's not his tongue. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. And those are the, you know, like, I don't. So, th- my one takeaway from both of his movies so far are, and just. Let me explain it when I say it, but thanks, I hated it. <laughs> like, like I, I want to like so much of it because they're shot so well, the composition is great. The acting in this one wasn't, wasn't as good as the acting in Hereditary. Hereditary had some like haunting acting in it, yeah. whereas this yeah. one is just like... The, the Josh, <laughs> like, very early on, I, I turned over to you and I was like, I was like, Will Poulter's your chaotic neutral, uh, Josh is your uh, lawful good, like, everyone just plays their character just so fucking to a T, and it's like, I think that's inherently flawed, because no one is, like, one note. And, like, Josh lives and dies by the book in the movie. Will lives and dies by his dick in the movie. Like, the main two characters are just soggy toast the entire time. Simon and and Connie, Connie aren't even really characters. Pele is like... I'd say the main chick probably did the best out of them all. She did the best at crying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really think that's acting, though. Mm, I don't know. She, if you know how to cry on camera, then you can just do it. I've never seen Miss Pew in anything else, so I can't really say how I feel about Florence's acting skill. I, think. I know who your favorite was. Who was my favorite? Was Will, right? Was that his name? Will Pol- Well, I kept calling the actor. His name was Mark. Right. Yeah. Will Poulter is is probably my favorite actor in the film because I like him in most things. But also your favorite character, though. <laughs> Mark? Yeah. Why, why would you think Mark's my favorite character? Because you said that. <laughs> well, I just like... I liked 
how he just said shit out loud. <laughs> Somebody needs to tell those girls they're walking fucking funny. <laughs> they're walking fucking stupid. <laughs> Someone tell those girls they're walking fucking stupid. <laughs> it's just funny. Um, so, like, here's my thing. Like, when you have a beautifully crafted present, and you're looking at it, and, and, you know, the wrapping paper's on point, the bow is on point, the accents are great, it's just all the crevices and, you know, the folds just look amazing. Everything just looks great. And then you open it, and then there's, like, either nothing in it, or what's in it is just not what you expected. That's how I feel about both Hereditary and Midsummer. It's like, I wanted something like the ritual from Midsummer. But I knew going into it, I probably wasn't going to get something like that. So I tried to lower my expectations. And For me, I wouldn't say there's nothing in the present or there's something unexpected. I would say there's like a really good gift card with like $2 on it. A really To a really great place. Yeah. But it's still only like $2. Yeah. For me, it's just, it's either nothing or something disappointing. There's enough to buy an appetizer and that's it. I don't like I I want I want more from both of his movies. Both of his movies have left me wanting more and then they just kind of end. And it's just like well he creates this like lore and mythos within the films. Yeah. Where it almost feels like either A I had to do some form of homework before watching this <laughs> and understanding certain things going on yeah, such as the midsummer event cuz now if you look at Midsummer itself, you're either going to say Midsummer is a cultist reality or is technically some form of ritual they have. Yeah. And the thought with that is going to be this case of, and now we're going to lean towards cultists more just because of certain Pagan. things that kind of happen. Yeah. But the point being going into that, though, is some of these things had to probably have happened in history or are events that would have happened or were studied and understood and so going into that it's just like were these things i should have known well no this isn't the type of stuff that we're taught in school you know like the 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 most we go into it is like oh you know the line from cabin in the woods it's my favorite um this is, let's get a fancy dagger and a nice girl throw her into a volcano it's that simple like it it's not that simple. That's that's the point of the line in the movie. Like, nothing is that simple. Of course, there was, like, a community, and it's an agreement. And I think, you know, that makes the beginning pretty haunting. Because um, even Will, like Mark, the character, walks into the, to the cult, takes one look at everything, and goes, I didn't know we were stopping in Waco before Stockholm. And I laughed at that, because it's like, he is able to pick up that, like, something unnatural is happening with this this community and i think like there were so many times throughout the movie where i'm just like what are you doing like seriously if you just got your backpack and started walking like i really don't think they'd come after you i think they did though i don't think i so. think that happened with connie i think connie tried to leave and they yeah. stopped it. and simon well neither of them were smart about it though no simon they intercepted yeah. Simon, they absolutely no. Simon, Simon started making a fuss, mm. and then they probably bashed him on the head and dragged him away. Whereas Connie was pissed off about the Simon thing and let her emotions get the best of her. In this type of situation, I feel like 
at least like me watching it, I would have been like, oh yeah, like mind your P's and Q's, try to blend in, and then in the middle of the night, just fucking leave. Grab your shit and go. Don't take any roads, just walk through the woods, try to go somewhere else. That sounds like a bad idea. I would do it to not be there. Still feel like there those points make sense, but I also do feel like there is still something else going on. But we don't see it, so how can you say that? True, but you don't know that's not true either. I agree. I am erring on the side that when you don't show us what happens to these people, I'm under the assumption that they just hit a wall. That they weren't paying attention to things, you know, like a, like a bad car accident. They like, just they were doing something wrong, and they were intercepted. Like, the Josh scene. Now, when he's in there taking pictures of the book... Dumb. Like an idiot for some reason. Yeah. Uh, And this is going to go to a point at the beginning of the film, too. But uh, while he's taking pictures of the book, he turns around. There's the person wearing Will's skin. Yes. Might be the girl. I wasn't entirely sure. I think it was, actually. Because I don't think she was even wearing pants. No, I think it was his full body suit. I think he was missing his dick. His dick. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, So somebody was wearing that. Yeah. And then somebody came up and bashed him in the back of the head. Now, was yeah. that the prophet child? I think I so. I don't know. But I it think from been. the from the one eye being kind of slanted, I just accepted it that it was probably the kid. The wearing kid the was skin. wearing the skin. Yeah. Then somebody else. Point being, though, is somebody else was in there with him too. Yeah, I mean they they're obviously not going to let their um their library of sacred texts yeah. sit on, you know, unsecured on, you know, uh, what is it prohibited? Yeah. You know, they're going to keep guards in certain places. I don't, it wasn't a gated community. It wasn't walled in. Like I'm just under the assumption that, you know, the, they, we don't see much of the travel either, which is like also my problem with hereditary is like, we don't, we don't know, like, how wide the scope is on things. We just have to accept the vision that the director is giving us. And that's why I feel very, like... There's a very claustrophobic feeling with both of his movies. Even, like, I would say it's it's a lot more in the case of Hereditary because you're physically in a confined space, whereas most of Midsummer takes place outside. Yeah. But you still feel very isolated in that little circle of a town yeah you know it's it's a good idea to promote like a horror a horrific atmosphere for a film to make you feel trapped to make you feel you know anxious but when you just kind of stick us into this logic how many people do you really think were living at that community it didn't look more than 40 or 50 people maybe well it was interesting too though is throughout the film it seemed like more and more people were showing up out of nowhere and maybe they were. You know, maybe they, they were. Been. Maybe more people show up closer to, the, closer to like, the big event, you know? Um, do you like Hereditary more than Midsummer, Or did you like Midsummer more than Hereditary? I'm a little split. See... And do you like either of the movies? Hereditary I liked all the way up to the ending. And then when the ending happened, I went, what? Yeah. As soon as the part where the mom's on the ceiling fucking cutting her head off of a piece of, like, dental floss. Yeah. That was the moment where it's just like, okay. I still sort of like the end of Hereditary. 
I mean, the moment where he walks into, oh, oddly enough, this cult of people are all chilling in the treehouse. Body floats in, starts praying to the idol, and he walks <laughs> in, and they're like, you are him. And he's like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. And the movie ends. And it ends. Yeah. That's my biggest problem with both of them. It's just like, accept it, and then it ends. Yeah. Uh, Midsummer, I don't know, Midsummer at the same time felt more unsettling. And I think it was because it's just in a wide open space. Yeah. The way it's shot, home. the way it looks, the um, the pagan kind of ritual forest gatherer stuff really... Because at the end of the day, what separates Hereditary from Midsummer is going to be this case of Hereditary was still built in disbelief in the sense that, once again, the floating body, the dead grandma that comes back to life, the, the light. whole light, the god... Satan thing that he is. And then what makes Midsummer a little more unsettling than that is this case of, well, Midsummer could exist, essentially. Yeah. This yeah. is a believable thing. Midsummer could absolutely happen um, in a small community in, like, the Netherlands. Like, absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. there, there could be people... I mean... The the inbreeding, the weird rituals, the kind of uh, death cycle stuff, like, that absolutely exists in communities, like, around the world, like, in, in different tribes and indigenous peoples. But it's also, like, you know, are, are people pilgriming out into the world to find people and then bring them back to actively sacrifice them in these communities? No, that yeah. is not happening. Like, that is where you lose me as a viewer because it's not, you know, um, it's not hostile, you know? Like, hostile is like, oh, you people, you come to my town, let me show you good time, drugs your drinks, you guys get tortured in front of rich people, you die. This is like... Oh, ant anthropology students at a rich American school come to me to this place in the middle of nowhere, and I will teach, I will show you my community, but I won't talk about it too much, and then when you're there, I'll tell you you can't do anything, and then you can't cite anything, so why are we here for your studies if you can't actually study anything? Oh no, the plot's kind of falling apart, and now you're all dead. Yeah. That's that's kind of my problem with it. It's like, there are too many lines, like, people, the tickets were bought, the people were going to this place, you know, Pele's face is on a passport somewhere associated with the school, you know, they, they track down the community, everyone gets arrested, and people are imprisoned. Like, like that's the real ending of Midsummer is... Oh, they track down the main girl who never came back from her work visa, <laughs> from her passport, set to re-enter the country and go back to school after her history with trauma. Like, there are people asking questions, and, like, I hate to be the person in the context who says these kids have parents when the main girl's parents are dead in the plot, but, like, you don't think anyone's gonna go after Jack Rayner's character? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, anthropologist or Josh's character, you know? Like, they both just look like they come from rich backgrounds where people are, like, giving them things and waiting on them for things. And it's like, oh, 
all five of these students went off to this one place at the same time, and none of them came back. I wonder what happened, investigator. Uh, what's for dinner? Yeah. So that's, like, with Hereditary, I can't make that argument. It's supernatural. You know, there's something weird happening there. People dissipate and blend back into society, and then you just kind of mock up the whole family disaster thing to, like... I don't know, setting the house on fire or something. Like, you cover that up somehow. Um, With Midsummer, it's just like, nah. (laughs) Like, I was just like, nah. Like, near the entire ending, I was just like, nah. I found the, uh... I found the mysticism of the herbs and the using of herbs and land very fun, but after a certain point, I was like, okay... That's all. Like, if, if everyone's tripping face the entire time, how is anything getting done? You know, like, is it just a means to an end? Yeah. Like a, like a weapon? Or is everyone really drinking the fucking mushroom water? <laughs> like, if everyone's really drinking the mushroom water, then no one's actually doing anything. Because, let me tell you, if you've been on those types of drugs before, you don't get anything done. <laughs> then you could bring in the idea of conditioning, though is this could be a community that does live off of that, but they are so used to it after doing it so, so many times. like a sobriety thing. Yeah, that's why. Because now looking at... I don't fucking remember his name. Swedish guy in the group. Pele. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Hey, Dad, look at me, I'm Pele. (laughs) But um, looking at him, when he first takes the drugs, or anything related to drugs, he's just kind of sitting there, and out of them all, he's the one not bothered by anything. You could see with Christian, he's kind of yeah. like, all right, I'm feeling that. Josh is a he little bit like... back and forth. Okay. Uh, Mark, Mark, was, Mark was having a bad time. He and her, like, she technically... She had a bad trip. Yeah, and now in that scene, don't entirely know what the hell that scene was, because then next thing you know, she runs into the bathroom, then runs off to the woods, and then comes back and she's asleep. And it's like, wait, so was that there were some dream? weird There were some weird cuts in Midsummer that I, I didn't have a problem with in Hereditary. I'll say there is a point that I feel they could have pushed more, and they did push at points, but, like, the first bathroom scene with her, where she goes to the bathroom at the little, like, outpost there, and lights the lighter, and, and her face, sister's face is behind her. The face her. shows up, yeah. And it's like, whoa, okay. And Trial. then that was it, done. Yeah. Uh, when the two people jumped well, off the cliff. Well, she does drink the mushroom water at the end and then see her her sister at the at Well, the cliff. yeah, she sees her mother, she sees her father. Uh, well, that was during a dance. She drinks the water and then she sees her mother and father pass by and, like, salute yeah. her for becoming the Harvest Queen or whatever. But during the cliff scene, too, then, yeah, she sees her sister, mother, father lying on the ground. But that's it. And I feel like they could have pushed that then a little further. Well, I, I, I think the reason that they don't is because that's her that's her motivation for being there and staying there. And for me, that kind of makes the ending make a little bit more sense. Is like she chooses... What did they call it? Hogar? They had Tobjorn <laughs> versus Christian. That was his name. H- Horgar? I forgot what they called the town. Oh, the it's community. like Horgar. Horgar. Um, they, she chooses them over her own life. Yeah, and that, know, I like guess that's, that's what changes the ending and makes the ending make more sense. Now she I'm gives talking about it. it is, oh, she accepts the life she is now involved with because Gets rid of, the of fact her trauma. That 
she chose Chris as the person to be sacrificed versus Torbjorn. Yeah. Because of the fact that... <laughs> that was his name! It was. But chose Chris over him because Torbjorn. now I'm cutting the last bit My of the baby. outside world that knows who I am yeah. out. Yeah. I want a new start here. I want to be the May Queen. I want to live here. This is my new life. This is my new family. I thought she <sighs> would die. I agree. I thought I that was the whole point. I thought of that the they were going to put her at the top of the house. Like, yeah, I thought they were going to put her. Her covered in the flower dress scene, which was kind of funny while she's sitting she's there. A big buried. flower slug. Big old flower slug. But like, point two is like the way he makes the midsummer queen, whatever sound is he makes it sound like they are somebody that happened and didn't make it past midsummer but yet there was no sacrifice of her like i thought there would be yeah they there are a lot of weird and that's and that's where i agree with you where it's like there are a lot of rules in both of his films like in hereditary it's about the trials and tribulations that have to take place in order for paymon to be summoned into a new body. Mm-hmm. Like, Joanne mentions that, like, this needs to happen, then this, then this, then this. It needs to work its way up the family line. Yeah. And only when that is done will the, you know, will Paimon be able to take the body of the, the first male born in the, in the family. Like, the father has to die, the mother has to die, the sister has to die, so the spirit can leave the sister's yeah. body. Like, there's all this shit. And it's never explicitly said in the movie. Yeah. It's like, you have to figure it out. And then in Midsummer, it's like, there is no conversation. Everyone is just doing the stuff already, and then it just happens. Yeah. And you're just kind of left there to deal with it. And part of me likes that, and then I part of me just goes back to the thanks. I hate it. Like... I hate not knowing things, not having things explained for me. I think there's a there's a rhyme and a reason to how the world works. I don't think this type of situation is too believable. How would you feel um, about the movie's ending if you pulled typical horror movie trope of cuts the black and then cuts back in to next year of people bringing new people there and there she is amongst the group of them? I probably would have liked that more. Okay. It just, it, it probably would have felt a little bit more like, or what if she's out there in the real world getting new people to yeah. come with her, you know? Because, I mean, the bit of the ending with her that I did like is she was reacting to it like, oh my god, this is all her basically wailing at everything. Yeah. And then, too, with then the scene with the Christian wailing. was the whole case, too, is when she's watching him fuck the chick... She feels betrayed. She feels betrayed, even though she it's lost not her his fucking connection. fault at all. Yeah. But, um... And that's why I said it's a little supernatural. I think drugs can only do so much. Inhibitions <clears throat> can only do so much. I think there's a weird energy about the entire movie that I... There's this one part... I don't know. There's this one part, dude, I swear to God. There's a face in the trees in one of the scenes... And it's just staring down at everyone. And I was like, holy shit, that was creepy. And then they never do it ever again. Hmm. But it's like right before the ending, and as shit is swirling around, 
uh, during the, like right before the dance sequence, and uh, Christian's like freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can it, you can sum it all up to drugs. Yeah. I think if you're in a weird fucking place and you get drugged out of your mind and people are pointing at what to do, yeah, and all your friends are gone, it's like. I think also, too, there's a conversation with uh, Sieve, or the village woman, the village elder woman, that when he was in there, she sat him down, they spoke a little bit, and then it cuts to him leaving then. And I think something happened, more came out of that scene. There are some weird He was told what she said, which was, you can fuck her. To make a baby. Yeah. Like, yo, this is what we She's want. She's old enough to have a baby and she chose you. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, right, yeah, the, the, the birth, the, the the mating ritual that, that was talked about in the beginning. I think I ate one of her pubes. And she just yeah. laughs and she's like, yeah, you probably did. And it cuts, because now this, you could go off the idea he just left immediately, or you could play the thought that there was more of a conversation that happened and he didn't know how to deal with it. Because him coming out, he comes out to the... Uh, queen dance scene, so he's just mm-hmm. kind of like, the fuck happened? Yeah. What's going on? I don't know who I am right now. Yeah. Then, plus, is offered to drink, just him out of everyone else. Then he drinks it, and it could have been a higher strain, too. Yeah. Because it looked like there was Better more in that cup compared to other people. Yeah. And, and like, I, like, just to, just to, like, move it forward, I do, I did enjoy both of the movies, I think I just have a lot of problems with both of them, and it's hard for me to like want to rewatch either of them yeah. based on how many problems I have with them. But like, I did like Hereditary more. I think I'm able to look at Hereditary and say this is just an all-around better movie when you weigh them scale to scale. That doesn't make Midsummer a bad movie. That just means that Hereditary has less cut corners and less open ends. Yeah. Whereas like. I can see a rhyme and reason for Hereditary, and I could see a clear cause and effect throughout the entire movie, whereas with Midsummer, I, I really can't. There's just so much that probably happens off-screen that I can't really make too many connections about things and just, like, weigh in on it. Like, I just, I feel like I'm looking at a half-finished painting for most of Midsummer. Um... Harold Heavy Hands. Yeah. How did you feel about Midsummer, and <laughs> did you like Hereditary more than Midsummer? Yeah, I liked Hereditary more. How did you feel about Midsummer? I said I liked it. What did you like about it? <clears throat> the visuals. Yeah. Just like the daytime, or like the acid trip stuff. A little bit of everything, you know, like the tapestries and, and the paintings and shit. I did think Even to the myself, paintings at the beginning, like in her apartment. Yeah. Like the bear oh, and the little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was one? There was also like a giant monster getting set on fire in yeah. the other room. Yeah, that was fun. The um, You can <clears> definitely <throat> say that Ari Aster has an appreciation for art. And an appreciation for uh, composition. Um, you know, with Hereditary, it was all those little dioramas and like how they kind of staged certain things that happened in the movie. 
I and think, made you think about things in the movie. I think Hereditary had um, a lot better of a setup, like a payoff. No, like a build-up. Okay. Like better suspense. Yeah. I mean, there is still a creeping dread in you both had, of the movies. You had more fun getting to the end in Hereditary than Midsummer. In my I agree. Opinion. I agree, and I, I blame most of that on the fact that so much in Midsummer happens off screen. You you see Josh get hit in the head. You don't even see what happens to Mark. You don't even see what happens to Connie. You don't even see what happens to Simon. Yeah, I wish you got something with Connie at least. It's Simon, hard to I can call deal it a horror with him movie when Simon. But Connie is the question of what the fuck happened to her. I heard her scream though. Yeah, yeah you hear her scream for a bunch in the mid section, but then like what? She just gets stuffed. Whatever, man. Like, at at least with Hereditary, they're not pulling punches. You Mm -hmm. know, like the dad gets set on fire. (laughs) The dad was great. The 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 mom gets her fucking head chopped off. The (laughs) the the grandma dies willingly, and then you know starts the ritual process. The the daughter gets her head lobbed off, and then the the son kills himself by jumping out of a window. So it's just like, you know, there there is a uh, well tries to kill himself. No, he he definitely does. He dies. When he lands, he is dead. I thought he walks into the lighthouse. I mean, into the treehouse right there. The light comes into his body, and then when he sits up, he goes... It's arguable that it is... The sister's soul is now in the brother's body when he chose to kill himself. Mm, Okay. I think Midsummer is the type of thing where I'm going to have to do research into figuring out uh, what happened. But I agree. I think it was shot beautifully. I, I remember thinking multiple times while watching it, like, wow, they built all of this for this movie. They they handcrafted all of this for this movie, and that, that I can really appreciate. Like, it is a beautifully crafted film, much like how Hereditary is a beautifully crafted mm-hmm. film. Like, so many of those shots make you feel like you're looking at, like, a little diorama, and, you know, the... I think all the pagan people were pretty good, too. Acting? Yeah. I thought Pele was weird. Not him. Like, the village people. He was a little vanilla for me. And they were... they. I mean... I would say the women. The women are really good in the film. They There is a lot of guttural screaming. <laughs> that guy, Mr. Clap. <laughs> Jack Rayner turns over mid-trip bugging and goes, can you please tell me what's going on here? And the guy just claps in his face and it, sh- it, it almost makes Jack cry. <laughs> He's like, that's not an answer. And like starts to like cry to himself. It was it was indir- in the trailer. It was too. indirectly one of the funniest parts in the movie. I don't I think I watched one trailer for this movie. Yeah. And and I said I mean, oh, the clap was. And I said, Oh, it's an Ari Aster flick. I guess I'm gonna see it, whatever. I'm gonna try not to look too much into yeah. it. Um the well, first <laughs> the first review was Jordan Peele. It was like Jordan Peele went and saw it at Sundance and was just like Everyone needs to see this. This is the type of movie that'll stick with you for years. Like you need, like this is the type of horror that like we we need more of. And I'm like, stop perpetuating that. We don't need more art house horror. We need better art house horror. 
Because I think his movies are better. Uh-huh. Yeah, arguably. You know, to jump on the silly side of things, though, with the movie... <gasps> oh. <sighs> Those were the types of noises the women were making in the film that I really appreciated. Yeah, like, I'll agree. None of the female actors, I felt, didn't deserve what they deserved in the way they acted, because they were all really fucking good. Yeah. Um, I wish the old guy dabbed before he jumped. I thought he was gonna... He, he kind of went like this. He hit the whoa before he jumped. <laughs> he did hit the whoa before he... <laughs> well. Yeah, I wish the old lady whipped Nene'd before she jumped <laughs> off, too. <laughs> she got her face smashed up. <laughs> you know, that was the old dude, though. Caved old dude got fucking hammered. <laughs> he got hammer-timed. Oh, God, that, that was a great scene. That might have been the first moment where I was like, Alright, now I can enjoy this movie. When the guy got hammer-faced? No, when she jumped and got her fucking face knocked in. We all saw it coming! I think... I think. That's, I don't think that's I was... My... Su- I wasn't surprised, but it was, like, enjoyable. My biggest problem <laughs> with Midsummer is I predicted fucking everything. It's just like, oh, well, that person's gonna go missing and the then... The part I didn't gone. expect They're gonna go missing that. and they're gonna go gone. Is when she got the recoil and started coming back up. <laughs> you see her face is all smashed in. Oh, when her body topples over the rock. Yeah. And her face is a fucking squash. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was fun. But the scene, she got some airtime. I actually really like that scene, though, too, though, with the way they did the sound. Because, like, everything kind of hits into that whole, like... So, look at a it's war a quiet film. movie. Look at a war film in the scene where, like, a bomb goes off, you know, everything's high-pitched screech and, like, quiet, and everyone's like... Yeah. So, like, that's what happened, though, and they did it really well. Because, like, even down to the point where the old man jumped, it was just this... Yeah. Just very... a simple... You hear, you hear his legs crack, and that's it. The yeah. rest of the scene is just quiet. It's, and it is it, a well-made film, but that doesn't make it good, and that's just kind of where I get stuck. It's like, tons of people are going to say this is an amazing movie, tons of people are going to say it's the scariest movie they've ever seen. I'll disagree yeah. at that point. For a suspense for me, thriller, it's just, I'll say it's suspenseful and it's thrilling. For me, it's no it's better scary. than Wicker Man, you know? Like, it really isn't. For me, for me, it's just a less campy Wicker Man, and it's hard for me to get past that. Nothing scary happened. There were some scary moments in Hereditary. I agree. Not this one. No. This one was just kind of. And that's and and I feel baited at least a little bit. I feel baited because I think it is being advertised as this like traumatic thing, but then you never really see any of it. You don't see any. Would of you it, have really. liked it more if there was more apparent, like supernatural shit going on? Well, I think we've come to the conclusion that there really isn't anything supernatural going on. But if in there it. was, if there was, absolutely. If it was all for like a pagan god, like absolutely. And that's what I mean when I said and you I saw expected some, like, fucked up shit going on. I expected in person something like the ritual, like or like the witch. The ritual has this, yeah. The ritual has this, like, creeping dread, and then when they get to the community, and they go upstairs, and there's just a bunch of dead bodies, but you were just hearing, like, talking and moaning earlier, that shit haunted me. Like, you hear all of this screaming and moaning, and then the character enters the room, and it's just a bunch of dead bodies. I was like, nope! And the shit was, was, like, shaking from 
stomping and shit like that too. Yeah, like people were moving around, yeah. like like the uh, the That's statue, cool. the statue of the the Norse god. Do you remember? It's four dudes get lost in oh, the woods. I did thought that was called something else this whole nah, time. Nah, Ritual. Yeah, okay. And for me, it's just like, not only is that a better movie, but it's a good creature feature, and that's and that's where it differentiates, is like, the Ritual's a really good creature feature with really great pagan god shit, whereas this is just kind of a cult. Like a pagan cult with no god shit. And you're asking me, would I enjoy this movie if there was some god shit in there? And I would say absolutely yes. Because I, w- I love supernatural shit. I love pagan gods and cults. Um, but this one was just a little too vanilla for me. A little too... It's it's just melted ice cream. There's no cherry. There's no fudge. It's just, well, you know, they want to freak people out that's going to go on s- summer vacations and shit. With, like, stuff that could do actually you, happen to do you. Do you think that? Because with when Hostel came out, everyone was like... I don't know what Hostel Oh, no, I'm never going to... Hostel gonna, was a movie about I'm people never gonna go to, hostels. People getting abducted from, from hostels. Yeah. Hostel is a German word for a cheap hotel mm. anywhere in Europe, from London to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, it's Germany like to France. A hotel you can go to, you pay, like, say, 50 bucks... And or not even 50, probably like 20 in all honesty. You just get a yeah, bed in a room with to 30 other people. Bucks. It's closer it. to 30 bucks. You, you share a room with a bunch of people. It's if you're like backpacking. It's a bed, it's you get a locker. It's just a place to stay for tonight. You get a locker to put your luggage in. You get a, a bed, um, and then you get a curtain like on your bed so that people can't disturb you. Yeah. And then community shares the bathroom. Some of them are really nice. Some of them have really nice cafeterias and shower stations and the beds are in their own little cubbies and you know people just come and go and it's a really cheap way for people to travel all throughout Europe. And when Hostel came out, everyone was like, I'm never going to travel. I'm never going to stay cheap anywhere. I'm going to lock all my shit up. I'm going to travel with a weapon. I'm going to be secured. I'm going to watch my P's and Q's, I'm never going to do anything shady, I'm never going to do drugs, or go out drinking, or I'm going to check all my drinks, you know, I'm, you know, like, everyone got super anxious and kind of phobic mm-hmm. when Hostel came out. From this, I think people are just going to be like, I don't, Sweden's weird, I'm never going to Sweden. It's going to kill Sweden. This gonna movie go is going to kill Sweden. I think Sweden's going to be real pissed <laughs> after this movie comes out. <laughs> oh, shit, up. it's going to kill Joss Sweden. <laughs> not, not, Joss, not Joss Sweden. But uh, one point to make, too, and this is like a reflection of things that happen in it. So, like, Midsummer's this huge event, right? Okay, that happens yeah. every year. And people live there. And people live there. Big event happens every year. Yeah. After the event's done, like, the crazy shit they pulled, did they walk away and they're like, alright, see you later, Timmy. I think they start building... I think 50% of those people leave, 50% of those people stay, and rebuild for next year. That's just the assumption that I got. Because you're not taking... You're not taking little inbred Timothy all the way back to your home in London... Well, no, not in that sense. Year. I'm saying, like, are they just chilling in there, just, like, selling their goods and stuff? Everyone's no, they're farmers. Like, they right, live yeah, off the cool. land. They're farmers. They're, you know... Like, the last day finishes, and they're like, oh, wow, they that was a crazy week. Yeah, like, like, Pele wakes up the next day, and he's like, Danny, I don't actually like you. I'm going back to America to get more people for next year. I'm sorry. Like, we don't actually have a connection. I'm... 
I'm leaving. Goodbye. Hello. Even and just to actually question that thought then too. Oh, you think Dawn? Uh, is how Danny joins the community and now. So, like, there's always this talk of you develop a dialect in the location that you're at. So, you could go live in New York for a couple of years, and you'll probably develop a New York dialect. Yeah. With the way you talk, or go to the South, you'll develop Here's it. an American. Here's an American Swedish in country. a Swedish country. And so, it's just like, there was nobody... I guess the one point that I would say is, I wish there were other people that were in this community that were like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, not oh, many of them I'm from looked. London, and I, I joined this, you know, I came here years ago, and I live here, yada, yada, yada. It seems like the only reasons they bring people in are... To kill. Well, to fuck their women so that not everyone's inbreeding. To steal their women, in the case of Danny, where they're trying to get more people to join the community to stop inbreeding. And then there's the ritual part, which is sacrificing people. And that's about it. That's all I got. You like the moment where they're dancing and she starts speaking... Speaking perfect Swedish? <laughs> yeah. That took me out of it a little bit. I, part of I was like, are they just on drugs? she was. I would of say course she was. was probably just her fucking drugged up. I think so, too. Like, I don't think she really was sitting there and be like, I'm a Swedish plumber. I'm here to understand your language. <laughs> I'm here to understand your pipes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it opens... A lot of it comes into place of, like, so is Pele just going to pick up and go back to school? I don't know. And that's, like, so much of that I don't know with the end of this movie makes me dislike it more. <laughs> like I almost think, too, it could have been... Uh, so in an alternate setup, what could have been interesting is what if Danny stayed behind? Literally, Danny looks like she is staying behind. No, not in that sense. What if she didn't go on the trip? Because remember uh, how she then I imagine the men would be used going. for their seed and then and then sacrificed. Yeah, it really so all that would have happened. Really but I think it could have opened into that idea of her being like, "The fuck's going on?" My boyfriend never came back. Yeah. All these people are now missing. Yeah, that's what uh, I mean, though. And then Taken 8 happens. Maybe it was Swedish Taken guy. Taken 8. Maybe huh? Swedish guy killed her parents. No, her sister killed no, herself her and the parents. Had Maybe it was the Swedish guy. It was it. To coerce her to come. It really wasn't. It was it. But maybe it was. Why are you Let's talking in that it's voice? never explained. I'll jump to your point of it's Maybe. never explained. Is Maybe. I understand the point in the beginning of setting this huge she left trauma, the computer on. but like at the same point, I'm gonna also sit and go. Danny, I, was it sucks because it's like for that moment. That's that's where I just Maybe he said it. yes. No, Danny this will do it. Danny was never. Her. Danny was never meant to go on the trip. Pele just accepted Pele it. Pele is a mastermind. Pele is not a mastermind. He was like, oh, that is they're not, about to break up. You that and means I watched... That means Danny is they never going to come up. to Sweden, so... <laughs> you and I watched different We gotta movies. keep them together. <laughs> so I'm gonna kill the parents, and then the sister, <laughs> and make it look like it was the sister, and then she'll cry. That is a completely and different movie. And stay together. <laughs> than the movie and then, God, you're pissing me off with this. <laughs> And then You're the one day she'll actually like have to come to this party, and I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna be like, "Oh, hey, Sweden, Sweden." <laughs> Sweden. And she's gonna be like, "Hmm, hmm." 
and then she'll come. All right, so points I'm going to quick she cover. Bring it up, I'm uh, going to ignore did. everything he just said. Mark brought it up. Yeah, so please. Point I'm going to get at is this one case where it's <laughs> like... Well, it's because right. he's such a mastermind that he knew somebody would bring it up. With the case of the family. So the family sat forth for trauma, and Contact. this is... The point of the trauma is going to kind of go against what my question of, like, what's the point of the trauma? Because yeah. then also thinking about it, it's like, oh... It's actually a good point, because then the trauma persuades her to stay, too, when Pele's bringing up his own family. Yeah. Now, that could also stress the idea that, was Pele always part of this community? Maybe, maybe not. No, he he said his family was killed and he was adopted into the community. Yeah. And then they took care of him. Even more. Just proving my point, Pele. So... Hashtag Pele did it. So, point being is, uh... (laughs) Going back to... I don't know. Part of the trauma in the beginning and how shocking it was would be the case of I wish that played a bigger point into the film still. Even if it played a point in her decision to stay, I wish it was a bigger moment in the whole film. And that's where I think the movie could have benefited off of having a little bit of supernatural shit in it. If there really was a black one or a dark one that that they referenced like doing shit for and he you know, made her see her family there or made her think that this family was, you know, like, accepting of her her baggage, essentially. Mm. You know, like, if there was something other than her crying and them crying back at her that made her want to stay, like, yeah. then I would have bought into it a little bit more. But really, it's just a community that listens. And the entire beginning of the movie is to show that no one's really listening to her. Yeah. So, like... When Pele Christians starts saying, when Pele starts saying everything you're thinking already, you're kind of just like, oh, she's she's drinking the the, the Kool Aid, you know, like, uh, she's she's giving into the scenario, and I think like, it it makes sense, but it's not enough. It's not enough for someone to say, I'm gonna start a new life here. This is perfect. Like, no. And now to go against well, Pele being the I mastermind. Mean, Pele got rid of everything holding her back. When he killed her parents and her sister. So, so <laughs> there's nothing left back there. <laughs> Did I, you just come up with this now, or were you thinking this the entire movie? No, he um, came up with it now. No, I was thinking it. <laughs> Great. So, point being on Pele with the family and such, too, though. Uh, yeah, I don't think Pele, or I don't think she ever would have went. Uh, Pele did play a part in trying to get her to go or saying like, oh yeah, come see. But even too, he had some hesitancy because there was this minute where he's like, oh, she's going along. All right. And now, so look at who Pele brings. Pele would have brought Mark, Christian and Josh. Mm -hmm. Sigmar or Igmar brought Connie and Simon. Mm -hmm. That would be five people in total, which means four sacrifices and one to choose between them or a person from Horgar, Hogar, Tobjorn. So I think even too Danny was a bit of a uh, miscalculation on his part and his master plan to uh get her to go. Well It's the, just the thing to notice. It's like the number Danny wouldn't have been there anyways. The number nine is like a signifier for the devil. It's just like the nine gates. Yeah. Um So, you know, I think the movie kind of faults itself by not having nine people to sacrifice. I think it's kind of dumb. Well, they had That people kind of roulette themselves or volunteer themselves to die. Like, I think that's stupid. 
um, it didn't make well, sense for me. Like, if Ingmar's know. if Ingmar's role was to go out and get people and bring them back, and he brought back two of the nine that were getting sacrificed, then why did he step up and kill himself? Because it's a great honor. This I, is a I cult get that. Too, I though. mean, I get that. But even at the end, it's like, is it? Because like he looks at his friend, and his friend is screaming on fire, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't look like a great honor. I think Ingmar's regretting his decision pretty actively, as he sits there pretty scared. But even too looking at the the elders that jumped off the cliff, it could still be this case of we are accepting of what we must do. Well, they're old. They are. They they're seven. Pretty. They're seventy two. They have maybe a good ten to twenty years still ahead of them. Not really. Whereas Igmar is probably. They said, they said you do not reach your potential until you're thirty six. Ingmar did not look thirty six. He was young enough to get students from London to follow him over yeah. there, which means him dying is a loss of potential. I still think it's this sense of honor, though, because even in the case of doing their bingo machine yeah. and pulling Torbjorn's uh, name out, <laughs> yeah. uh, point being is this case of, oh, the honorable Torbjorn will be willing to sacrifice himself. And that's the case. Not, yeah, if they, we do not have another person. As they put with the ritual, we must bring in four and we will offer four. So well, that's what he said. He, said, he said there will always be a part of us that offers our own. In the, in the and that's why the ninth had to be chosen, from the outsider, or one of us. And that's why even four. her, she got put into this situation where it pushed her further along. Into the basically, community. point being is she shouldn't have been there, at all, and things would have went differently in their situation. <clears throat> Not like it's a master plan. Thought. So if she isn't there, then someone from Horgar gets picked to be May Queen and still sacrifices Jack Rayner's character. Yeah. Like, it's still the same ending. Yeah, no ending. matter what. It's um, still the same ending. Yeah, it's still it's the same ending. It's just more fucked up like, that it is Danny. Because yeah. the interesting it. point would have been the case of what if the film focused around her not going? Yeah. It would be a different movie. And then you He had, knew she would, though. Yeah, you knew she would. Yeah, no, pa- he, he did. Pele did. Yeah. Oh, great. No, yeah, we're don't. back at that. Um, play into his whole theory. Yeah, so... Pele uh, did it. Hashtag. All right. I mean, I think we we had a lot to talk about. I really don't want to, like, just throw in stories to do a story. I mean, I think we've done this before. We did, uh, we read an entire It thing, and then that was pretty much the episode. Um, we're not going to read any stories on this one. This is just us kind of reviewing Midsummer because it came out. I'm Harold Heavy to, Hands has to end on a high note, though. I was here with Terry the Tickler and Harold Heavy Hands, if you haven't noticed or looked at the title card. We just kind of jumped into it and started talking because we pretty much sat in silence the entire way back, kind of keeping our thoughts to ourselves. Um, any any final notes, Harold Heavy Hands? Yeah, come on, we usually act like a skit. Oh, I, don't, I don't have any of those. I don't have any of those either. Yeah, that's a shame. Terry the Tickler, any final final thoughts? Final Yeah, I can't wait until the third movie comes out that takes place in a home and an open field at the and same time. And it's daytime, yeah. And nighttime and witches. 
witches. <laughs> I think he'd be able so to. Really in all honesty, house. if he did like a drama film, he'd fucking he'd kill it. He'd kill it. Oh, in, absolutely. Like, in if half. he if he stopped fucking around with trying to make things scary, I think he'd be. Able then to he make, would be like, a really a good director, <laughs> like an Academy Award winning director. But the fact that he's just doing weird weird art house horror flicks like it's kind of a missed opportunity it's what he likes it is what he likes and that's actually one of the things i wanted to bring up it's like when people ask him why he makes movies like this he says and i quote i make movies that i would want to see I mean, and what i make think i can't help but be like sure you know i'm sure Quentin, sure Quentin tarantino says the same thing no. you know yeah i can't wait for that movie yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood looks good. Um, I think next next up on our watch list, uh, we gotta go see Robert Eggers' new film, which is uh, the guy who did The Witch. Uh, he did a movie called The Lighthouse, starring uh, 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 Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Uh. It just played at Sundance. It's a black and white flick. It takes know. place in the early 1900s. Um, got rave reviews, so I'm I'm really excited to see that. I actually liked Witch, so I'm actually excited for The Lighthouse. Yeah, Witch was alright. I'll give it that. Alright, compare Witch to Hereditary and Midsummer. Which do you like the most? Um, I like Witch. <laughs> Hereditary, Witch, Midsummer. <laughs> Why would you take Hereditary over Witch? I enjoyed Hereditary. Alright. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I remember walking. I didn't out have high expectations I when did. I walked in. Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty much our thing. <clears throat> well, when, I think though, when we went in mid midnight in Hereditary, I just walked out of it just so goddamn disappointed. I feel like I had higher expectations for Witch. I didn't have any expectations for Witch. I actually. kept hearing that it was like amazing. So I was like, all right. Which is funny because with Hereditary, all the ads were like calling it the number one, like the scariest movie ever. And that's why I walked out pissed because nothing about Hereditary really. Because the last time they me. said that shit was, uh, fuck, what were those movies called? It wasn't like parent, Paranormal Activity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scariest movie ever. Yeah, they show like footage of like audiences like jumping out of their seats. Yeah. And they show the same audience for the next one and the next one after that. <laughs> yeah. You still see the same we guy. put night vision cameras in the theaters to show you how people are reacting to Paranormal Activity 5. Whoa! Like tossing your popcorn in the air. Wow, it's that like, popcorn was expensive. I might as well that kill ghost, myself. That ghost scared me. That's that's one scary blanket being dragged across the screen. I spilled my popcorn at Infinity War. Yeah, you did. We were there. The Movie clear game. guy came in and scared me. It wasn't Infinity War, it was Endgame. It was Endgame, Endgame. And yeah. second of all, nothing even happened on the screen and you spilled your popcorn. No, it was the cleaner guy came in. Mm, okay. No, you you spilled it sitting down. Yeah, the cleaner guy came in and he's like, uh, alright, you guys need to get out. And I was like, get ready to were, give up. And, it, and like, then you spilled it. And somehow bounced off my knee or some shit and went everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and then you looked at him and went, sorry. What <laughs> <That, that> happened? <laughs> Jesus! It was real. <laughs> it right was there. one of it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen happen because I just looked over to you and I was like, "You're a dick." <laughs> I got it. I went and got more popcorn. Yeah, because it was a large. It was you were allowed to get free refills. Yeah. One asshole. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been real. 
<laughs> He's just gonna leave. Any any final notes, Terry? The tickler. We'll see what the third one brings. The third Ari Aster flick. He said uh, he said he has like ideas for at least five more movies. I'd love to see him do an alien movie. Not aliens, the <laughs> property, like an alien movie. Like something he, with ex, uh, extraterrestrials. extraterrestrials in some way, shape, or form. That would be, be pretty fun. fucking crazy. Yeah. Nobody would I just don't know. If he, I just don't know if he's into that because both of his movies so far have been about cults and pagan rituals. <laughs> you know, it's like, is there a pagan ritual about aliens? Maybe I'm sure he can make something work. All I see is his reflection in the TV. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, he doesn't know what's going on over there. Oh my god, it's hereditary. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this was episode 133, the movie special, mo- movie review, mids- Midsummer, and other pointless horror films that have come out in the last little bit. I hope you enjoyed listening to us blather on. Yo, it too. It, it too. too, yeah, September. We gotta do like a launch party it for that. It do what it do. <laughs> I think oh, we should shit. watch we should watch the first one and then go see the second one. Yeah, go ahead. Snap to a slum jam. That's really quick. He inhaled that. Stop chewing so loud. <laughs> um Yep. So uh I'll I'll read an entire story on an episode coming up soon. It'll make up for this, don't worry. Yeah. I'll read it by myself, it's fine.